All right, everybody, welcome to episode 10 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. It is a dreary, cloudy, rainy day outside. And how fitting that the Yankees are playing Game 3 of the ALDS in, um, what time is it, about 11 o'clock? So about eight hours from now, first pitch of Game 3 will take place. And uh, the weather kind of fits the mood surrounding the Yankees right now. The Yankees have uh, dropped the first two games of the DS to the Cleveland Indians. Uh, not that I was totally surprised that they'd be coming home uh, 0-2, if you would have asked me that. Uh, Thursday afternoon, but the way it happened is what is the big topic of conversation. So we can just easily get game one out of the way. Bauer just shut them down for nothing loss. The umpire wasn't great, but it's not why they lost. We can move on from then. Bauer from, was incredible. We just move and on. I have from, a lot of respect for him. We just move on from there, right? Guy yes. shuts you down. You know, it happens. You move on. You get ready for game two. You're not feeling great because Kluber's on the mound, who I said this. 1.80 ERA going into that game against the Yankees. I mean, I I was on with Munch on uh, Cleveland on a Wednesday afternoon to do a spot previewing the series with the guys over there. And I told him, I said, Kluber's the Cy Young Award winner. He was, he's been the most consistent pitcher from game one to game 162 all year. So you're not feeling great. Going down 0-1, facing Kluber, and what did the Yankees do? They did exactly what you needed them to. Can I say something? Go right we ahead. Talked, we talked a lot about this. I don't have much of a voice left, people, be, between being at the wild card game and then the other night. Yeah, Friday night. Just... Um, we talked about the Yankees playing with house money. And as much as that's true, if they went out... And they lost Thursday night, right? Thursday, yeah. Yeah, Thursday was game one. They lose for nothing. That's fine. It's not fun, but you sit there and you keep saying, "This is house money, man." You didn't expect this. They're here. You want to see them be competitive, but you don't expect them to win. I mean, you do, but you don't. You know what I mean? If you take the context of game two, if you just look at a box score and see. Nine eight loss in thirteen without looking at anything else. You go, wow. You're the pretty Yankees did You know pretty what? Good. You're pretty satisfied with that considering what our thoughts were going into this series. So now but you have now you have game to, two. Yeah. And it holds true. Yankees are playing with house money. They're playing the best team, I believe, in baseball. And all of a sudden this loss just isn't okay. Not because they lost, but how they lost. They didn't lose because they got outplayed. They didn't lose because Cleveland's a more talented team. They lost because of a major, major, major drop of the ball. I'll I'll be willing to say that he dropped the ball twice. You might even say he dropped the ball three times in that inning. Well, I think that... See, the challenge is, you know, Hoke tweeted. It was like a knife going into my chest and just twisting slowly that he checked with Major League Baseball. If Joe did challenge the play, they would have called it a strikeout. But for me, it starts way before that. You keep saying to me that this is how they treated CC all season, right? Yeah. 70 plus pitches in the sixth inning. They're not going to 
play around. They're going to pull him before he starts giving up big hits. I understand that that's how they played him all year. But when you have a wild card game the way you did, and you have a game one where your pitcher only goes three innings, and you finally have a pitcher going into the sixth inning, and Mullen guy's down and only has one earned run against arguably, again, the best team in, in the American League. I mean, why, what's the need to go to the bullpen? You keep saying this is how they played him all year, but did they let Robertson throw 50 pitches all year? No. Did they let uh, Canely come in and throw two-plus innings all year? No. You don't treat guys the same in the playoffs. You go with what's right. And we all know that Joe has that quick trigger finger, and I don't blame him. But if the wild card game and the and the game one played out where your pitcher went into the sixth inning, and you had a pretty well rested bullpen, that's a different story. You don't play around. You don't fix something that's not broken when you have guys who could use an extra day. Joe's the guy who's always trying to give guys extra days, and when he can, he doesn't, and when he shouldn't, he does. All right, so. I don't want to contradict myself because I'm going to, when we go deeper into the whole challenge, not challenge thing, I'm going to bring up a specific word here. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to do a little read and react type deal that we haven't done yet this season because I really want to break down what Girardi had to say yesterday. Cause this is yesterday being Saturday, Saturday because this is, same day release. We're gonna get. We're recording this Sunday morning. It's gonna come. You're gonna hear this before uh, the game tonight. Yeah. All right. So uh, we can talk in present terms. Yes. All right. So I just want people to know. I usually don't like when I give timelines. <laughs> well, today it's important. All right. So I want to go over with you some of the things Girardi had to say yesterday because I think it's important for us to break that down. Because there's really not anything else to talk about throughout the first two games of the series. I mean, you want... The Yankees did exactly what they needed to do to win the series. You want to be a clown and say that Didi and Judge are pressing? I'm not going to say that because they're not in this They're not in this series without those two guys. Because those two guys carried them yeah. offensively in a wild card game. Which, wouldn't you say a one-game playoff say, do or die? Let me, di- let me th- just finish this, though. Before... A one-game playoff do or die, wouldn't that be more pressure on a guy than Absolutely. a series? Right? Okay, so. But I mean, here's my thing, right? Yeah. No one should be talking about the offense. I don't care who's struggling right now. They put up eight they runs. Scored eight they runs. scored eight runs. They had this, the, the Cy, uh, in my opinion, the Cy Young Award winner for the American League. We, and they put up eight runs the other night. People want to fight us out. Tuve versus Judge Fine will... We'll, Accept that fight, but you're not going to fight us on Kluber versus People anybody. People are saying Sale is going to win it. Yeah, okay. I'm just, it's not even close to me. The guy had a 2.25 ERA. I've watched was, Kluber what, 18 pitch. 18-4? I've watched Kluber pitch. I've watched Sale pitch. Throughout, from, like I said this with Munch, I'll say it, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. From game one to game 162, there's been nobody better and more consistent than Corey Kluber. Yeah. So, it goes back to, you know... That's what the New York media is saying. (laughs) Guys pick each other up. When the offense isn't the problem, yeah, sure, game one they got shut down, but they're facing Trevor Bauer. And I'll tell you what, if Kluber was on the other night, they probably would have got shut out again. But he wasn't, and they took advantage of his mistakes, and that's what a good offense does. 
a good offense doesn't necessarily go out there and clobber an ace, uh, uh, an ace like Kluber. What a good offense does is they take advantage of mistakes, and Bauer really didn't make many. Kluber did, and the Yankees pounced on him. And I said this after game one. I said the most important thing the Yankees needed to do going into Friday's game was scoring the first inning. Yeah, and they did. And Gary Sanchez <laughs> so, hit a home run. So My point is, like, you don't go after Judge and Didi and attack them when the offense is putting up eight runs. If no, they he- got shut out again, then you can start micro-analyzing the offense and say, you know, if Judge would come through here, Didi came through here, so on and so forth. You're putting up eight runs against the Cleveland Indians in Cleveland in a playoff game against their ace. Well, I think seven were off you know of Kluber. What? And even the people that want to attack Judge, uh, I, his name's escaping me right now, but the guy that came in to play for Urshela late in the game at third. Carrasco? No, that's he's the pitcher. The pitcher. Um, <laughs> he makes a great play on Judge. That, that could have phenomenal. That could have been should have been. In the I know hole. Lindor's back there, but yep. that ball gets through. That's the winning it run right gotten there. Through. So, that, that was a hell of a play. So Judge has the winning RBI. They put him out there for his defense. Yeah, which and he had an RBI, didn't? Would he? surprise me because Rochella killed the Yankees all year. But anyway. Um, we can't go into too much of the game because I will f- lose it. But I'll lose just... it. I can't even think. I was driving here and I just can't even think about it. it it's killing me. But you're thinking, here you go. You're up 2 nothing, right? Immediately give it back because all of a sudden now... And this is the curse of the munch right here because... We haven't even thought about the Yankees defense being an issue all season yeah. long. And then <laughs> and he, he brings it up again. And then he brings it up when I'm doing the interview with them, right? And then Todd Frey, you know, it's not the little... I mean, I know, Todd, it's not the Little League World Series. It's only the Major League <laughs> Baseball playoffs, so why put your best foot forward? But, uh, you know, he kicks the ball around. They charged him with two errors, but realistically, the one second was one was on BS. Castro. Oh, no, you can't put it on Castro either. You can't, all right, if, because the runner didn't advance a base at that point, or did he? Yeah, he didn't get the force at second. Yeah, but he didn't advance to third. No. No, so it shouldn't have been an error. If that runner advanced to third, you can say it's a throwing error on Todd I guess Frazier. You could, I guess you could However, call it a fielder's choice. You, yeah, if you really look, no, that's a base hit. What? That should uh, have been a base. Hit, did you see the? Did you see? I, did. I mean, it's not like it was hit to him and he just threw the ball away. He was off balance. That was a tough play. I don't give him an error. That's all I'm saying. If the runner advances, you give him an error on the throw, allowing the runner to advance. That's fine. But that's not on Castro. You can't give an error to a guy when the ball's in the dirt like that. Yeah, he should have made the play. I think. But it's easy for me to say while I'm screaming on my couch, losing my voice, and making my son cry. There's so many little things in this game. Like, here's another one. I, it was one of the extra. See, that game was just so long, and it just started. To, everything just started to melt together because you're just after Robertson gives even after Robertson gives up the tying home run to Bruce. You're just now. You're just like in just this mood, right? Bruce killed me. Uh, and we'll, we're we're going to talk about that later because I'm tired of Yankees getting killed about not getting Bruce. We'll talk about that later on in the podcast. Remind me to bring that up because that's been annoying me for the past few days. Um, the game it was one of the extra innings. Uh, 
who who did he pinch run for Frazier? When Frazier got the ball, hit the ball, and they threw it into the stands, and then all of a sudden now Girardi decides it's a good time to pinch run for Frazier, right? Right. And what happens? Torres gets picked off. Right. So that's another blunder right there. Well, you you texted me, you texted me and said what now? And I I was and I didn't know what you were saying, and you're like, no, like what now? What can happen now that the Yankees? give this game away and then that happens and at that point i i mean again i'm going crazy in my living room screaming couldn't believe that this was happening and then therese does that all right oh wait i gotta (laughs) i gotta keep going because stack guy rye calls me because i'm texting in our group and he's like what's going on i couldn't listen blah 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 i'm like Frazier just got. Frazier just put the ball in play. They threw the ball into the stands. Now Therese is coming in, pinch running, man. This is great. And then he's talking. I go, oh my god! And he's like, what happened? And I was like, oh man, Toe almost got picked off at second. And he's like, oh Jesus, thank God he got back. And then as he's telling me something pretty important, I'm watching the replay and I'm like, right, right, right. Stop talking. Therese is out. He's like, you got to be kidding me, man. I'm like, no, he's out. I'm watching it. And then they stop it. And he tags him and his hand's not on the bag yet. And my heart just sunk into my stomach. And you, I, you figure that's the final nail right oh there. Oh, my God. Because, and, and I wasn't a big believer in, I know I said immediately if Frazier got on, Toe needs to come in. But I'm thinking Frazier gets a single or something. Once he's on second and Joe's going to give up the out and bunt, why would you take Frazier out of the game before Gardner bunts him to third? Because you want – I'm not saying that Frazier definitely stops the game-winning hit, but he has a better chance of stopping it than Torres does because if you look about how far Torres missed that ball, that probably is made up in the difference in height between the two guys. Yeah. So if you think about it, that's another thing that nobody's talking about, but you know, you make one move it leads into something yeah, else. Yeah, no, happening. I know. And you can't you can't go into it that deep. But you can. You once can, you I lose. know, but I'm saying you know, I'm looking at it for what it's worth here. In that moment, if you're going to sacrifice him over, why take out your better player before he gets the third? And part of me says, you know, two strikes on Gardner, he's going to be swinging again. Because what did I say to you? Because at second, you give you shouldn't even... I don't even really think the bunts in play there because Gardner can pull the ball. Let him try to get the base hit. And worst case scenario, he hits it to the, down down the first baseline. You move the runner over anyway. The only reason why I why I always like Gardner bunting, and I know he's a, he, he could pull the ball like that, but I always like him bunting because any time he puts the ball down... He could actually he beat, it, beat out. it out. Yeah, so yeah, right. that's the only reason why I always like him bunting in a sacrifice situation. But he's such a clutch player, Guardy, though. I know. That I would want. I know. I, sometimes I don't want to take the bat out of his hands, even though he is the team's best bunter. I said I didn't want to dissect the game. But, you know. My stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. All right. Let me just ask you this it, before we move on. All right. Because they brought it up on the game telecast. Do you um, do you blame Torres or do you say that he needed to be aggressive getting his No, leaders? I blame Torres. So you, 
Because I, I don't think, bl- you I don't, think Smoltz said that you almost can't. It's not really a blunder. Smoltz because has said a lot of stupid things. He really did. And you know, to be fair, I liked. Why do you have a razor in your hand right <laughs> Sorry. now? I liked Vaskersian and Smoltz during the regular season. So did but I. I think they've had a really bad series. Oh, it's been terrible. But that's you know, we can't go into that right now. Yeah, but it makes things when. Two guys that don't cover your team all year come in to cover your team at the biggest time of the year, and your team is blowing games. Yeah, you want to you want to break your speakers and your television. It's like then you're like, "Where's Michael K?" When I was a little <laughs> when I was a little kid, I used to before all this satellite television and cable, I used to mute the game and I'd put K and Sterling on and on the radio. But uh, anyway, um, all right. So do you want to go to the so fa- no just- wait? I want to talk about Torres real quick. Okay. Um, no, he is to blame and you don't blame him in a sense like, oh my God, I can't believe he just did that. He just blew the series. If Joe didn't do what he did, and that's where we're going to take this podcast, I think after we listen, if Joe doesn't do what he did, I'm a lot angrier at Torres than I am right now. Toe's been so clutch when he shouldn't have been this yeah, year. You can't get mad at a guy like that. We but, sung his praises but all no, year he's long. No, he's to blame. You can't let that happen. There's no reason for you to be that far off a of second base. You're not going anywhere. You're not stealing third with no outs. You're already in scoring position. So if the bunt doesn't go the way you want it to, you're not obligated to run. Right. And, and you're just... But my point is you're not stealing. You're not stealing third with no yeah, outs. But I'm saying... He, I'm, I'm like what Smoltz was saying. You got to get off. You got to be aggressive to make sure you get the third. But yeah, you want to, but you're already in scoring position. A, a hit's going to score you anyway. If Gardy gets that ball down, he's getting to third. Yeah, Gardner's not going to bunt the ball to third base. He's going to bunt it where he needs to. But all right. So set. So I want you to set up this clip we're about to listen to. I want our listeners to know that this is a truly natural reaction for me. I couldn't handle listen to any post game, anything with Joe. Wait, before we do that, let's dissect immediately what happened in the game and then Okay. And then we'll go into what Joe said yesterday. Okay. Okay. Alright, so let me let me just go here. Um because this excuse us for a minute because you know, he's not here again. <laughs> What did he say? He had a baseball game today. Yeah, it's torrential downpour, and it's raining outside. So, but you tell me. so I'll continue to set this up real quick. I truly haven't. I mean, I've heard through the grapevine from Christian on Twitter um, what Joe has commented toward his actions, toward his decisions, um, but I haven't heard him say the words out of his own mouth. All right, so anyways, the third baseman's name was Gonzalez. That's the guy that made the play on Judge because yeah. he was the one that came in. So I don't want to sound like un- unknowledgeable that we're not even going to bother with this because this is important to know that Gonzalez made the play on Judge. Uh, I really wish that... All right, so who was it? He got Bruce out, right? Was that the guy he got out? He got Bruce out because Joe left him in the face. Bruce, right? He, this is talking about Sabathia in the sixth inning. Yeah. And then he, because they were saying going batter to batter, but then Santana got on, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, he got – the runner got on and then CC got an out. 
That's what pissed me off of why Joe took him out. Oh, yeah, here it is. Okay, so bottom of the six, it starts off with the Santana walk. And we were speculating on, like, when do you get when do you get CC? But then we were saying bottom of six, you go batter to batter. But then he walks Santana, Bruce is on deck. And I think this is where Joe made the decision to get Sabathia because he wanted him to face the lefty, which is the, you know, it's the move, right? Mm-hmm. But Bruce hit the ball hard against him. He lined he lined out to Didi, but he hit the ball hard. So I think was Joe that the would... play that Didi made that? Yeah, I think he went up and got it. Mm, now that was later in the game. It doesn't matter. The ball was hit hard. Could have been the play that Didi laid out, and it was almost coming back to him. Remember when he made the play in the air? They they had the shift on. He was on the first base side of second base. No, no, no. It, that uh... wasn't it. I think Bruce tried to go the other way with this. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's that's, irrelevant. Or, yeah. He hit the ball hard. He hit so. the ball hard, and I think that's what spooked Girardi a little bit. If he would have struck him out, got soft contact, I think maybe you see him pitch to Austin Jackson. That's where I think you're wrong, but what? I think when Joe has a decision in his head, it doesn't matter what happens. He could have struck Bruce out. He was going to get him. All right. And we're going to we're gonna go into that when we play the interview because that's the one thing that really, really annoyed me about Girardi is that he said they have a, quote, game plan. Throw the freaking game plan out the window in the postseason, please. Can you do that for me? I, I said he's so much – he's such a binder guy that when he does try and go off the books, he's erratic. Nothing makes sense. All right, and then here we go to Chad Green, which – Taking Sabathia out's the move, right? Yeah, if you're going to do it. But here is my problem. How many pitches did he throw to Austin Jackson? And Jackson kept fouling off, fouling yeah. off, fouling off, fouling off. You when saw it right there. You saw that Chad Green's fastball didn't have the same life on it that, it that it did. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. So you mean to tell me you're 20 feet away in the dugout and you don't see that? And you're the manager making millions and you don't see it. And then, here it goes. Then Jan Gomes hits a double, right? Mm-hmm. Get him out of the game at that point. I don't care. Get, me, get yeah, Roberts. Why does he have such a short leash, leash on, on CeCe, the guy who's only given up one earned run? But Green starts getting knocked around. You want to know why? You want to know why he didn't have a short leash? I know why. Do you know? I know why. I do know I why. Because to the interview. I do know why. Why? Because Green had phenomenal numbers against Lindor. Not even that. And he'll, when we, we're going to, I don't want to get too far into it because I want to get your natural reaction okay. to it because right. you haven't heard this. All right. But Joe had a game plan for uh, the sixth inning. And this that's going to, this is going to really, I'm going to come back from this interview and I'm going to probably lose my cool. All right. So here we go. So now we got uh, second and third. Yankees still up eight to three. There's two outs in the inning. Clearly, Chad Green does not have it, but Joe's trying to get into the seventh inning and go to David Robertson. That, mm. That's what was his plan, right? To get into the seventh inning. There was Green got an out, right? He did. He got Jackson out, but he didn't strike. That's what I'm saying. You watched the at bat. We all watched right. it. He should. How many times did Green just come in there pumping fastball, yeah. strike guys out, and, and Jackson couldn't. kept fouling off? That's the same thing we were talking about with Chapman earlier in the year. His yeah. fastball just didn't have the same life on it, and guys were staying alive in at bats. So what happens here? Here is this is where this this is where the game turned right here, because Chisholm gets hit by a pitch. All right, 
Uh-huh. And it, immediately, what is Gary Sanchez's first reaction? He starts screaming into the dugout that it didn't... Well, his first reaction was that it didn't hit him. And he's trying to get Joe's attention that he better challenge it. I don't care what the video says. I don't care if you don't have video at all. If you're a player who's right behind the play, a guy you respect, a guy who hit 30-plus home runs, who had a huge home run in the first inning of this game, a guy that's going to be your future, if he's screaming into you that you better challenge the play, I don't care what, who says what in the downstairs clubhouse, who's seeing what video, you stop the game and you challenge that play. And Joe's always been the guy to have his players back. So to not do it at that point is just, it just blows my mind. And here's something that nobody's talking about, which people have brought it up. That's why I'm going to bring it up. But it's not really a big topic of conversation. If I'm throwing a 97 mile an hour fastball and I hit you. Oh, you're going to be hurting. In your finger. Because basically that would have hit him in his fingers. He was shocked when the umpire told him to go to first. What are you going to do if I hit you in the finger with a 97 mile an hour fastball that's going to press against a hard wooden bat? Assuming you could throw 97. Assuming I can throw 97. assuming I'm trying to hit a ball off of you. Yes. I'm going to probably cry. Or you're going to drop the bat. You're going to shake your hand. Yeah. You're going to jump up and down. Instead, Chisenhall was like, wait, what? I'm going to first. So okay, if boom. So if you're watching, you see your catcher immediately jump up, right, and say no, 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 no. And then you watch the batter have no reaction of pain whatsoever. How about this? If Joe's like fumbling around, and now it's going to contradict. What is he looking at if he's not watching a game in that spot? But like. He's. I know you told me he said in the immediate interview after he didn't have replay available and he didn't want to break Green's rhythm. Oh my god! Blah What's blah blah. But in that huge moment, give me a break if you're. And listen, Sanchez caught the ball. So if it's strike three, it's stri- If it's if it did hit the bat, he's out and the inning's over. So why not, if you're Girardi, if you're waiting for some type of video feed, why not go out and start talking to the home plate umpire? Maybe not even a challenge. Maybe go out and talk to one of the field umpires and see if they got a different perspective. And then you're kind of delaying the game a but little bit. But he didn't want to ruin Chad Green's this, rhythm. I'm telling you, you really, and, I, and, I, and a couple days removed, I'm sitting here and I'm feeling bad for Joe because... As much as I've been wanting him gone, we've been friends since 2009, really, and you've wanted Girardi fired. I know, since I know, I have. But <laughs> the reality of it is, <coughs> excuse me, that wild card game was one of the most brilliantly managed games I've ever seen in my life. And look what happened: they came back and they played for him and they won. And at that moment, I said to myself, "I need to stop being so critical of Joe." Because he was brilliant tonight. And then he comes back and he does this. And it's like, you don't want to see a guy's life. Because he is a human being. He's not just the manager of the New York Yankees. He's a human being. So when you get emotionally removed a couple days from things, you start thinking about it. And you know Joe's an emotional guy. And you know this is killing him. You know he feels terrible. And he's starting to take credibility uh, for his actions. You're going to... After I've had time to digest what he said yesterday... I'm not as pleased with his answers. Okay, so maybe I do need to listen. But at this point, I'm not going to make this statement yet. I'm going to make it because after still, the interview. This is what I'm talking like, 
How many times? Look, we love Sanchez. Is a great cat. He's he's great, right? We love him, right? We wish he would clean up some some of his stuff behind he will. the plate. But we we love the guy, right? Yeah, he's a phenomenal player. How many mound visits does he take? I don't. I don't even. No, but look, a lot. Look, follow my follow my. Okay, a lot. Here. All right. Do you think that disrupts the pitcher's rhythm? No, because they're professional baseball players. But I'm saying... I know, I know. I get your logic. I know what you're saying. So that would... I'm saying that... That would be... Like, if I'm... David Cohn said it. I wouldn't want... David Cohn said... This, I'm speaking as David Cohn. He said, I wouldn't want the catcher to come out as much as Sanchez does because that ruins my rhythm. He said it on the telecast numerous times that he's done games this year. Yeah. Has Girardi ever spoken to Gary Sanchez about ruining the rhythm of his Probably catches? Probably not. Okay. Never seemed to be an issue. When he sends Gary, Gary, when he sends Larry Rothschild out to talk to uh, his pitcher, does that seem to, wouldn't you think taking the pitcher out of the heat of the moment to go talk to him, wouldn't that ruin his rhythm? To, to quicken your point, it was a BS excuse. I don't... I like to keep things... And Joe is normally a guy who comes out and he will admit when he's wrong. And he always has his players back. And it took him a day to do that. And to was, to um, go out and to say you didn't want to break your pitcher's rhythm, you're almost putting it on green at that point. And that's not fair. And here, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're coming around to it, right? So, he didn't want to break green's rhythm. But you mean to tell me that, I don't know, if uh, the ball had been fouled off and hit Gary Sanchez in the neck and he was down there gasping for air, are you going to say, Gary, get up, you're ruining the pitcher's rhythm? Well, let's just, we don't even have to keep going over scenarios. (laughs) We can just say this. What kind of rhythm did Chad Green have at the time? All right, but here a rhythm where he's about to get pummeled. When we do our in-game it wasn't updates, like he, it wasn't like he was striking guys out and blowing guys away. What kind of rhythm are we disrupting at that point? Not a good one. When, when we do our in-game updates on Twitter, we are, we're Yankee centric, right? Because this is a New York Yankees podcast. This we're New York, you know. Uh, at the heart of it all, we're fans of the Yankees, but we like to keep things as you know. Be fair about things and not get overly, well, when I tweet, not get overly emotional, right? But I think you've been the overly emotional one lately. Because when I heard his, I I didn't want it, like you said, you didn't want to have anything to do with the game or the team anymore. You just wanted to separate yourself from it after the game. But I wanted to hear what Girardi's explanation was. Oh, no, no, no. Let's clarify. What? I did want to know what Joe's reaction was. I couldn't, Okay. I have a I have a seven month old child who goes to sleep around seven o'clock. Okay, I risked waking him quite a few times. If I watched that post game interview, my hand would have went through the wall. So I couldn't. Not that I didn't want to. I couldn't. This is when you say, "Here, wife, take the baby and go down." No, he was sleeping. Well, you know what? The sacrifice you have to make went during the postseason. <laughs> and then I got to fix a wall. I don't know how to. Dr- fix a wall well, we'll get we'll get into i don't even I know how to hammer a picture to the wall yeah, i know i helped him one i helped him move and uh. he didn't even know how to use a hand truck <laughs> but anyway right what were we saying <laughs> the post game interview you knew i wanted to remove all right, 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 right. You and listened. i tweeted that 
And I didn't care if anybody got mad that I used foul language on Twitter or we could have got blocked from Twitter. I didn't care because my immediate and only reaction to what Joe was saying about the pitcher's rhythm, and I'll say it again, it was utter bullshit. It was. There's no other way from to describe it. From what you it. were telling me he was saying it was. And I could just see, and I could be wrong, but I could just see him. I could, I'm closing my eyes right now. I could picture him saying what you told me he said with that look on his face. Of like, yeah, well, this is it. As and, a catch. And, and he was and, using. And, you know, you know, you ask me these questions now, but. And, you know, with that tone in his voice. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And he, he used it as as a catcher. No, Joe, you're not a catcher anymore. You're the manager. Right. You're not playing the game anymore. So don't give me what you would have done as a catcher while you're thinking as a catcher. You need to think as if you are the man. Because. What are the Yankees paying him to do right now? Are they paying Manage. him to call games behind the plate? No. They did that in 1996, right? Yeah. What are they doing? What do they want him to do now in 2017? Manage the team and win ball games. Okay. So here's another point to make also. the I'm a, I'm a big risk and reward kind of guy, right? Yeah. So the risk for the reward is way less than the reward at that point. He mumbled. Right? Because right. what are you going to, what are you, what? Your excuse is that you don't want to break his rhythm. First of all, like I said before, what rhythm are you breaking? All right. right. Can you, can, oh my and God. And what's the reward if you challenge and you're right? It's inning over. The you game going is, 8-3. The, the game's over if they get that challenge. Yes. The game's over. <sighs> can we get to the interview? No, because I want to, I want to go through more of what is, happening here all right so mr binder what did the binder say so now we're at the point where joe's like i'm not challenging the play (laughs) right he's not challenging the play even though he should have we all know he should have right okay there's been i argued with some guy on twitter the other day that he wants to trust uh, video replay more than he wants to trust what a player says. Fine, you want to take that route? I'll give it to you for the sake of ending Such the argument. A, that's uh, all right, but you know what? For the sake fine. of the argument, we'll, you want to you want to trust the replay official not having it more than you want to trust it. Fine, whatever you want to do that. Fine. The bases are loaded, and three batters that Green's face. Green has showed you that he does not have his stuff tonight. Go get him, Joe. Go break that rhythm and take him out of the game. Right? Right. You watched it. I watched it. Millions of people watched it. Chad Green. You said it yourself after the Austin Jackson at bat. You knew he didn't have it. You hoped he could get you through the inning. But if you're not going to challenge that call and it's going to be bases loaded, you're going to get him. You have to go to a different pitcher there. You cannot let Chad Green lose you the game right there. But he has great numbers against Lindor. What kind of numbers can Chad Green have against Lindor? That's what I'm saying. How many possible at-bats... Could Chad Two? Green possibly have against Francisco? Hey, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> so, there you go. So, I tell you what his lifetime numbers were against Francisco Lindor. But Ryan's I'm pitching. staring at an empty wall instead of where Ryan's Ryan pitching would pitching during a hurricane. All right. So, how many times could he have possibly faced the Indians this year? Twice? Three right. times? So, it's just, again, it just goes back to just a How many times could he have possibly faced them last year? Once? Right. Was he even in the big leagues when he was with the Tigers? No. Okay, so he might have been a little, but what does he have? Like maybe five career at bats for uh, times face versus Lindor. Maybe if we want to be uh, liberal about it, five. Well, man, well, those numbers ain't too good anymore. 
You got four RBIs and a home run on there. So, so everybody knows Chad Green's got to come out of the game. Everyone except one person. Because why? Because he's too caught up in the game plan. So if Francisco Lindor had been five for five against Chad Green with he's four out. home runs, he's yeah. out of the game. He's out of the game. But because the the binder. And I'm, I didn't almost let it go, but I don't want to because we want to get this edited and out as quickly as possible today. Because uh, the binder says he has success. We got to leave him in the game. What are your eyes telling you, though? What are your eyes telling you? He goes from being a brilliant manager in the wildcard game to this. Uh, you listen. I'm not taking away all the great things Joe has done for. But can team. I go? Who was the? I don't know. I can't even function right now, but. Who was the batter after when uh, Green came in on what was it Tuesday night? That batter. What if that batter had killed Green? Is he leaving Severino in the game there? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, come on! Like you can't have it both ways, Joe. Like so, if there's a history between the Minnesota batter, we'll call him, we'll call him Paul Jones, right? So if Paul Jones had great career numbers against. Chad Green, you're going to risk going down 6 nothing well, here's in the my wild point. card game? Here's my point with it, too. Chad Green's numbers might have been dominant against Lindor, but you weren't watching Chad Green. You were watching a lesser version of Chad Green and because who you, he wasn't himself. And honestly, who do you trust more escaping a situation like that? David Robertson or Chad Green? David Robertson, always. So there you... Now, this kid... We don't know what his makeup is because he's never really faced something like this before. You're going to put him in a position that he's going to be a goat in this game? He clearly doesn't have his stuff, Joe. He clearly didn't have his stuff. So you're going to put him in a position where he's going to give up a grand slam and now he's got to answer questions about giving up a grand slam? That yeah, completely hey. changed... Completely changes the course of the game. It, it And it also changes the course of how people look at Chad Green. And that's not fair either. That's not fair because he's been great. He's been And he's allowed, beyond he's allowed to go to the mound without his stuff he's one He's been beyond, beyond great. And this is still a thing that the Yankees are trying to figure out with him. And when they can use him, when they can't use him. Remember, Joe usually gives him two days off. Well, that's why I said in the last month of the season, I would have liked to seen Joe go to him a little bit more frequently to see if he's a guy who can go back after throwing a few innings, go back after only one day of rest. But no, Joe continued to do the two days in between. So now when the playoffs come and you know he's going to use him when he has to, you see a guy who's half half the version of himself. All right, so now let's fast forward, right? Because this is, this is another thing that aggravated this really made me mad because I love David Robertson. He was one of my favorite players here the first time he was here. I championed for him to get here before anybody even knew about a possible White Sox trade. I told you that Robertson was the guy the Yankees should target. And they got him. And I was ecstatic that they got him because I thought he was a missing piece for this team. Right? So now you... You you got him three uh, plus innings on uh, Tuesday, right? Right. Absolutely brilliant. Without him, you probably don't win the game, right? Right. You definitely don't. Okay. 
So now you're gonna now you're gonna ride him another uh, two plus innings on um. What do you call it? Where are we? What day are we on now? We're it's Sunday. You're gonna, <laughs> we're a little. You're gonna we're ride a little him. Shaking up still. You're gonna ride him uh, another two plus innings on Friday. So now you're leaving him in to give up the um the game tying. The home Jesus run. Christ, man! What the hell's going on right Jay now? Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce, right? So now I can't even think. Right now, we're really we got too deep into this game, and our brains now can't function because you sit here and and it's easy as a fan at home, but when you're trying to record something like this for people to listen to, and you're really you kind of have to go back into the moment. It's really tough. All right, Robertson. So now you're you're leaving Robertson in a position where he can only fail, really, right? Because you got to ride him more than he really should right. be. Because he shouldn't really be going more than an inning after you stretched him like that it on It becomes Tuesday. unfair to everyone. And this is it, this goes back to why I don't believe in CeCe being pulled from this game. If he gives up another hit or something. Because what's the worst that happens? He gives up a home run at that point. Yeah. And it's 8-5. And it's yeah. If you want to have a short leash on him, at least let him go batter to batter. Don't don't have a guy get on first, then he gets an out against Jay Bruce, a guy who's been killing you. And then you just go out and pull him because that's the move you want to make. That's not the right move. If CeCe's at 100 pitches, that's a different story, man. He's at 77 and he's mowing guys down. He's giving up one earned run and it was in the first inning. Come on. There's no excuse to go to Chad Green there. And then now we're we're in extra innings. I mean, Batances looks as good as he's he's looked all year in the first two innings that he pitches. And then now you got to extend him to a third inning. And is that Batances' fault that the run scored? No. Because if you're if you're a reliever and you haven't pitched more than two innings all year, and now you're in your third inning and you give up a run, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold that against you. Batances was brilliant for when he had to be. Joe's just trying to steal outs there. Yeah, because because he prematurely brought a, a reliever in to steal outs that he didn't have to steal. <sighs> That's why it goes back to to that. That's why I'm so hung up on that. So anybody that wants to blame Chad Green for losing the game, it's not Chad Green's fault. He didn't have his stuff, but he should have never been put in a position to give up the home run. Not there. Uh... Anybody that wants to talk any type of garbage about David Robinson should just just go run their head into a wall because yeah. the guys. If you have a reliever that gives up a run every five innings, he's pitching to a one eighty. If he leaves CC in the game, right? Yeah. And CC has two outs with the bases loaded, and Lindor's coming up, and Joe says, "You know what? Green has great numbers against him. Green's my guy. I'm going to bring him in here." That's a different story. And then maybe you can sit back and say, "Yeah, I know Green." You know, pitch a lot of innings, but he's got to get that out. He's got to figure out how to get that out, and he didn't. But Joe brought him in when he absolutely didn't have to be in that game, and it cost him big. Even though, <laughs> actually, Green was out of the inning. He was. Yeah, that's he did true. get out of the inning. 
So guess what? Even when he didn't have his best stuff, he did get out of the inning. He did what he did. But our manager, our incompetent manager that night, decided to not utilize the new technology we have in front of us. Because what what was he going to lose if he challenged? Can I can I just the say The rhythm some... of Chad Green. Yeah, right. Okay, so before we... Now we're going to go into the interview, but before we do that, we got some tweets from fans that are like, oh, I don't hold Joe accountable for the replay because 10 years ago we didn't have replay. Oh, my one buddy, Lewis, who I really wanted to have on. I wanted to call him, but... I didn't feel like going back and forth with him. I told him, don't text me anymore. I was close to blocking him. He's a huge Girardi fan. He loves him. Girardi's his guy. And you know what? I wasn't arguing that Girardi was a bad manager with him. I was arguing with him that you can't justify bringing him back if they lose this series. And his excuse is they never had replay. Well, guess what? They do now. The game evolves. Sometimes these umpires are making calls based on the fact that there is replay to go to. It's a, it's kind of like split down the middle for me because I like replay. I think that we need it in the game for situations like this because people make mistakes. But we've also had tweets that said we need to go to robotic umpires. I'll tell you what, man. I won't watch baseball anymore. I was always saying... I, it's the best part of the game. The best part of the game is the human element that you can sit there and flip out that a guy's not doing his job properly behind the catcher, right? Yeah. But after the some of the calls the other night, you know what the problem is? The ultimate problem is all these uh, networks putting the K the box. K box, yeah. Get rid of it. No one cares. It's not robotic. You have an umpire back there. There's no such thing as a strike zone. There is such thing as the loose judgment of a strike zone. But there's no box. There's no saying this was a strike and this wasn't. It's the judgment. It's the discretion of the home plate umpire. So that's why everyone's sitting here going, "This that was a worst call in the world. I'm Me too. Worst call in the world. This wasn't even close. Guess what? We don't get to make those decisions. Get rid of the K-boxes. So, there's a lot of, uh, what were we talking about? The K-zone. I I know, there's a lot we can keep harping on. Yeah, so basically, let's just get into the interview with Joe. This is yesterday's interview. This is him having a night to sleep on. Some of the things that he said... After the post game, so. and again, I haven't heard this. This is the first time I'm hearing it. So, all right, uh, well, the loss that that tough and in such extraordinary circumstances uh, with the with the replay is such an unusual thing. Do you feel like there needs to be any air clearing with the team as opposed to a normal tough loss? Um, no, I I believe our team will be ready to go tomorrow. Um, and, and that's who this team is. You know, obviously, we checked the temperature for our players last night. You know, obviously, I take responsibility for everything. And, and, and I feel horrible about it. Um, you know, does it change the complexion of the game? Yeah, it sure could have. Do we know that for sure? No. But I've always taken responsibilities for loss, and I take them hard, too. Um, so the guys know that. We've had our backs 
each other's backs all year long. We'll continue to have it, and we'll go out and play hard tomorrow. Go out and try to win one game. All right, so that was the first thing that Joe was asked there, right? So he immediately put blame on himself, right? Somewhat. But what did he say? What was the thing that he said that jumped at you? It could have. <laughs> it could have changed the. No, no, no. It did. You have to stand there behind the microphone and you have to say, I blew this game. If I challenge that call, he is out. And we 98% of the time win that game. You know how ESPN does their win probability? It probably was like 99.8. It was 91% if they get out of the inning. <laughs> Which, I don't care. I hate those win probabilities. But I'm just saying. like I know. Whatever science nerd put that together. Yeah. So, that's what I'm saying there. Like, th- Was he not watching the game? It, it could have. Joe, you don't give up those four runs if you get the batter out there. The game, you're into the seventh inning now. Yeah. And you can go Robertson and Chapman and go home. All right? Yep. Okay. You said you took their temperature last night. Was that Well, you just kind of see, um, you know, my coaches do it too. and um, You know, it's it's a tough loss. It's a tough situation. It really is. Um we had an eight to three lead and we weren't able to hold it, and it's it's frustrating. Um, I felt I kind of used the formula I have been using the, the last two or three months, and last night it doesn't work. So <clears throat> I take responsibility for that. I mean, that's just who I am, and I did it as a player. And whenever we lose, I take it hard, and this one was really hard. All right, so there's Joe, sad, sad Joe, right? Oh, I, I take this one really hard, but. He, again, we weren't able to hold the lead. Joe. No, you weren't. You, you put, you put your fingerprints all over this game. I can't believe he's putting this in any way in anyone else's hands except his own. That's not fair to Green. That's not fair to Robertson. It's not fair to Patances. It's not fair to anybody. So everything I was saying before, because I thought he was sitting there and saying, look, I blew this for my team and that's unacceptable. No. He's saying that, yeah, he made a mistake, but, you know, this could have happened and, you know, they blew it. No, you blew a lead, man. No one else. Joe, when you say you feel horrible about it, having slept on it, do you now think that it was a mistake not to challenge the call? Yeah, I mean, I think you can, you know, you can second guess yourself, but here's the process that, that I go through. Brett Weber has been so good at what he does. That when he tells me that something's not inconclusive, I, 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 I believe him, you know, because he's been so good. Now, knowing that I had two challenges, in, in hindsight, yeah, I wish I would have challenged it. Um, but he never, he never got that video clip that, he never got that angle, he never got that super slow-mo. And, yeah, I, I, I should have challenged it. Now, you know, now that I think it, but, but here's the thing, you know. If it isn't overturned and we're wrong, and then Chad struggles after that, do I feel like I screwed him up? You know, those are the things that you have to go through. And now I wish I would have challenged. All right, but, but knowing how good Brett Weber is as his job, at his job, that overrode what Gary told you? Well, I mean, there's a lot of players that tell you to challenge things a lot of time. You know, and that's the one thing that we don't get caught up with when a player tells you to challenge something. Um, because it's not always the, always the case. And, and 
Brett has the video evidence, and that's what we go by. Would it be fair to interpret that as a lack of trust in Gary? No, 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 no. I, I just, I mean, how many times have you seen a player say, check, 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 you know, and, and it ends up being the call that they called. So, no. Um, you know, again, while I screwed up. I mean, if, you know, I mean, and it's, it, it's hard. It's a hard day for me. So, oh my God, it wasn't the first inning, right? You have two challenges. I mean, this is a pivotal moment in the game. Can't, but you shouldn't even. The second Sanchez looks at you, the second you read the play, the second you see that Chisenhall isn't reacting as if he got hit. It doesn't matter what angle is seen. You get out there, you challenge. Don't the umpires take control of the challenges after the eighth inning? Yes. So he really only he was going to challenge two plays in the next inning. Yeah, because he only had him for <laughs> the next on. following inning. Come on, this guy's not taking any credibility for what happened again. He's not. All right, so let's go back to what he was saying about Chad Green's rhythm. Right, the inning's over if you challenge the play. Right. What all right, the game's so, over too, probably. What if that was <sighs> what if that was only the first out of the inning? Right? You have the video Weber Brett Weber. See how he name dropped him there to kind of like oh he Brett Weber didn't have you see what I'm saying there? Yeah. Like he gave him like a backhanded compliment. He's like, Well Brett He's Weber's great, never but he didn't Oh, have- so now us listeners were like, Oh well Brett Weber kind of dropped the ball here, huh? So Let's say that this was not the third out of the inning. It would only been the first out of the inning, right? So he, you have the video replay, but it's still going to take the uh, the umpires three, four minutes to overturn the play because we've seen things much more conclusive that still took a long time. Right. Right? They like to make sure that it's a definite. So, so again, he's not backing off Green's rhythm. If you have the conclusive evidence, it's still going to take time to make the call. So bad. Everything about it is bad. Uh, just after how long? He was, he was on the podium for what, three, four minutes before he finally I said the words, I, I screwed up? No, uh, and I it wasn't genuine either. He's, it was more like what you said. I'll tell you what, a genuine man, a genuine... Uh, apology, a genuine manager would have been out there and all he would have said was there was no excuse for me not to challenge that call. He goes back and and again he throws his players under the bus. How many times did these guys look up and they say challenge, challenge, challenge? This is a playoff game. This is Gary Sanchez right behind hearing where the ball hit, watching Chisenhall's reaction, saying challenges. Again, all you have to go back to is what are you risking? Joe's only answer to what are you risking is Chad Green's rhythm, which was non-existent. End of discussion. Because if I'm I'm managing the team, I'm not even concerned about Chad Green's rhythm because if I don't get this alcohol, I'm taking him out of the game anyway. But that wasn't Joe's thought process because, you know, the binder. The binder said he has to face Lindor because apparently he struck him out once in his life, I guess. I don't really know. But 
<sighs> so again, like the the reporter asked, so you don't trust your players? You <laughs> no, no, already, no, 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 I do. You already said that earlier that you had your players' backs, but you clearly showed that you didn't there. And then you want to go and say, oh, how I was thinking as a catcher. How would you have been thinking if you were Gary Sanchez? Thinking as a catcher. I hated Joe more as a player than I did as a manager, probably. Joe Girardi was really like a... I mean, like, how could he have ever upset you as a player? He was just like a catcher. Because it was like, oh, he's playing again? He had one of the biggest hits in the history of the oh Yankees. Oh, my God. You know I that, right? I about this ever. So... You want to you want to irrationally rip him as a player, or at least give him his credit. Whatever. Oh God, it's just for the first time. Seriously, for the first time in in what nine years? Yeah, this is the first time you've truly stepped back and said, maybe he does have to go. <laughs> now. What needs to happen for their, other than them winning this series? Is there anything that can happen that saves Joe's chance of returning to the Bronx? Yes. Does this game affect him getting a contract somewhere else? Not tonight. Tonight and tomorrow. No, no, no. What I'm asking is the game from the other night. Does it hurt his credibility as a manager if he does have to look elsewhere? Let's step back from... because. We're all highly emotional after Friday night. So let's take a step back from that, right? Okay. You work, you make a mistake in your job, right? Right. You know, depending on what it is, do you deserve to be fired over? Do you deserve the benefit of the doubt that you were in the heat of the moment? Something just went wrong, right? So you got to take a step back from that. But we're talking, we're not talking mid-contract here. The Yankees have continued. There's, there's plenty of instances we can go to where you can say Joe should lose his job, but there's also plenty of instances where we can go to and say Joe's top five best managers in baseball. Okay, I understand that, but we're not mid contract anymore. No, his contract right? expires as soon as the World exactly. Series exactly. So, my point is, this is so fresh. Is is this the straw that had to be pulled for his career as the Yankee manager to crumble? It depends on what happens the rest of the series. To me, they have to win. They ha- if he takes it to a game five and leaves the fate back in the offense against Corey Kluber, then you can you can say he's done enough because only because. I know Frank. you told me Francona said Bauer wouldn't go in a game four, but if the Yankees win the other night and they win game three and go up two to one, you're seeing Trevor Bauer in game four. And most likely the Yankees aren't going to win that game. So I think if Joe wins these next two games and takes him to a game five, you he's redeemed himself. Because I told you this yesterday. And I like what you're about to say. I was going to ask you to bring this up. Did you let the team decide who is their manager next year? Right. Because outside of who, maybe Todd Frazier, maybe a couple bullpen guys, 
this is your team you're going to war with in 2018. And can I be honest with you? What? As much as I can sit here, as much as you can sit here and say um, that he needs to go, I truly believe that these guys love him. Well, this is what maybe I'm going to get to. Maybe not chat. This is what I'm going to get to. You know, like I said, outside, you know, maybe you know, bring back CC, don't bring back CC, whatever. But there's, a, you know, basically, you want to say 20 out of 25 guys on this roster right now are going to be the guys that are going to take the field for the Yankees next year. You let them decide who their manager is going to be. Yeah. And by that, I mean, if this game is over in two and a half hours, the Yankees lose four to one. They show no life whatsoever. Joe's lost the team. That's it. But which could very well happen. If they win tonight, they go out there, they show they show fight, they show they have Joe's back. They win tonight, they win tomorrow, you get back to Cleveland, that shows me the team has Joe's back and they want him back. I think year. that's part of the reason why everyone knew Tory's era was coming to an end. Because I think you saw a significant difference in the team where they kind of just laid down and died. And he wasn't getting the most out of his players anymore. Because look, and that and doesn't that's, mean that's that they don't respect. It's him. an interesting parallel that you just brought up here. Because did Tory lose the team after the Midges game? Yes. And is that happening ten years later? Yeah. Did Did Girardi lose the team after the replay? I think he might have. I was thinking about this before. There's no reason if you're not going to see Bauer or Kluber. There's no reason the Yankees can't go out with Tanaka and Severino and win two games in New York and bring this back to Cleveland. And if that happens, I think the Yankees win this series. But it's a tall order. So let's say we, by some miracle, they get it back to two. You re- I mean, you're facing Kluber on regular rest. I think at that point. You still, you can't expect them to have another stinker. You saw, you saw the Red Sox come out in 04. They weren't losing that game. I know it's a little different. It was a seven-game seven set. And the Yankees also didn't have the Cy Young favorite on the mound that day. Oh, they had... Uh, Kevin Brown started. Kevin Brown, yeah, right? So, so That was... That's our little, boy, no? A little bit different. So, end of the day, Yankees need to go out, not just to keep the season alive, but they need to go out and win in order... To keep Joe as their manager, yes or no? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a because they love Joe in a very weird way. This organization, I mean, they have this guy's back no matter what. I think if Steinbrenner, if George was alive, he would. Joe wouldn't even be managing the team right now back in New York. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if he would have fired a mid playoff series, but I wouldn't put anything past him. Uh. It's, you know, it's a toss-up for me because even if they get it back to Game 5, who knows? Because they might still think that, hey, we if he didn't screw up Game 2, we could have won this series. That kind of goes back, though, to my point of if they win tonight and they won the other night, you're going to see Trevor Bauer in Game 4. I don't care what Francona says. So that's why I think if, if Joe can take this back to Cleveland, he has redeemed himself in that sense. Now, another thing you have to think about is if Kluber doesn't have his stuff in game five, if we get that far, guess who they're, guess who's coming in relief? 
It's not going to be some Joe Schmo out of the bullpen. It's most likely going to be Trevor Bauer. Because I know you're burning two guys, but if you don't win that game, you're not going on to the next series. So, game five, if, a very, very, very improbable if, we get that far. The Yankees have a very tall order to win that game. Well, you know, they going back to Girardi, uh, somebody said this yesterday, that fans that want Girardi gone, want a Francona gut guy, right? Like somebody like that. And they were saying that they, even if the Yankees move on from Girardi, they won't move on from that type of managing. Then you might as well just keep... And that's what I'm saying. So if we're not going to get a different style manager in here, why are we getting rid of Joe in the first place? Right, because Joe's the best at what he does. But none of the other great managers are binder guys. You could make the case for Madden in some sense because of all the shifts and all that, but they're not to his extreme, and I can't take another year of it. If Joe's going to come back, he needs to adapt. He needs to stop going to the numbers all the time. But apparently this is an organizational thing. This is how Brian Cashman and Randy Levine and how, like, that's how they want their manager to be. So if that's the case, if that's your sole factor, then please keep Joe. Then keep Joe because I'd rather, and this is what we were saying, like, Girardi... You could see it in his face. We didn't like some of his answers, but it's not like he doesn't care. He wants to win. He wants to win. He wants to be the New York Yankees manager. This is not like... I wouldn't go that far. No, I think he does. You don't think he wants I to heard be his, I heard his interview with Francesa. What? He beat her oh, on you, the... You Francesa him. said, put everything else aside, who you've spoken to, whatever. Do you want to come back to New York? I'm sorry, but whether you're fighting for a contract or not, that doesn't mean that you can't say you want to come back. That you can't say, Mike, of course, I love New York. I won a World Series with this team. I think I still have more to give to this team, but I need to sit down with my family and figure out what's best, and I need to sit down with the New York Yankees if they are to offer me something and see what's best. I can't hold it against the guy that's in a contract negotiation giving away anything. But you didn't hear his answers. He completely... I mean, his answer was like, well, you know, Mike, I, I spent a lot of my life in New York. And come on. The only... And we discussed this the other day. If you day. really want to be back, you're... You're going to come back, and you're going to say that you want to be back. The only place I could see him wanting to be more than a Yankee is being a Cub, and I don't think that job is going to be available. No so. way. Um, yeah, uh, I don't want to see – it's it's tough for me because, like, we fought about this. This is the number one thing you and I fight about is Girardi. But did he did he sink himself enough where he has to he has to go on Friday? Did he sink himself enough? I think so. Because if he pull if this is in the end of July, and he pulls this, the same scenario breaks out and the Yankees lose a game in Cleveland in July. Whatever you move on from it. Yeah, of course. But this is the playoffs. This is. This is something where your team shouldn't be here, and they were about to do it. 
Because things are magnified and you know in what? October. You can you can step away from the season after they lose this series, which I very well believe they will. I'm sorry. Um, and you can say, you know what? The New York Yankees, the rebuilding Yankees, should have won this series. And for that, you're excited. But you also have to say... They would have won if it wasn't for their manager. Therefore, he has to go. But would another manager have gotten them to this point? That's another question you have to ask yourself. Of course. But, you know, it just... Could another manager take in a rebuilding team to 91 wins and a spot in the American League Division Series? Maybe not, but I think now it's enough to risk. It's just... It's just, just so many questions about it. There's no... There's no right or there, honestly, you can say there is. There's no right or wrong answer. Fire Joe, don't fire Joe. Joe should be back next year. Another guy could have gotten this team to the same spot. There's just honestly, I don't, I don't have the answer. And let, do you have the answer? Nope. So, if we're sitting here recording a podcast heading into February into spring training and Joe Girardi's the manager, are you, are you mad about it? Uh, pro- I'm probably a little disappointed with this organization. So if they, let's say they lose tonight, get swept, you know, we're not going to say we're, we're going to never record until February, but I'm saying we're, we'll do our season preview in February. Joe Girardi's taking that team down to Tampa to get ready for the season. Are you upset by that? Yeah, I think I'm, I don't think I'm upset like, oh, you know, this guy's our manager again. I think I'm more of disappointed with this organization that I just think Joe coming back at this point is a slap in our face because like I said yeah maybe he did get us this far but he equally is going to take us right out of this and I think at that point it's time to move on I know a lot of fans are throwing names around A-Rod Everybody wants A-Rod to be the manager, and while I think... I think Georgie, man. He would be... I honestly think A-Rod would be a really good manager, but I don't think he wants to. I think he's into being a business. You know, Jay-Z says, I'm not a businessman, and I'm a businessman. I think A-Rod's got that type of mentality right now, so why would he want to be manager? Yeah, why would he... Unless it's truly a, a lifelong goal of his to manage a baseball team, why would he give up what he's doing? I just don't see it. I we we put out a poll who should be manager next year. I got a response of David Cohn. <laughs> was he the winner? No, it was a right. Hey, he was a right in David Cohn. Oh. It was the only. But I'm saying like, could you you want to talk about oh, saber binders. metrics and Jesus being numbers Christ. and binders and all that stuff? I love Coney, but <laughs> that was... it's gonna get. It would get actually would get worse if David Cohn, <laughs> which would make him the perfect manager for the Yankees. Uh, then because Cohn would probably be calling pitches. Uh, you know, you got Tony Payne out there, but is he the guy to lead a young team right now? Probably not. I think Georgie. But here's what I get from Posada, and I'd love Posada to be the manager of this team. He's not going to be a binder guy. No. So doesn't that automatically disqualify him? No. <laughs> I think the Steinbrenners will kind of adjust. I really do. But I again, think Georgie's like, the guy, man. But they were saying, like, with Mattingly, Mattingly, I know he doesn't mean anything to you, but he means a lot to generations of Yankee fans. You want to put a popular Yankee, a hero Yankee, in that position to fail? And then you got to fire him? 
But like, what has Mattingly done? I know he's got teams to the postseason, but he's proven time and time again he can't he can't win in the postseason. But that's what they were so. saying when it was Girardi versus Mattingly way yeah. back in 08. I know. Well, I guess we'll find out tonight if we'll be recording do you another. Ha- do you have a prediction for the game tonight? I think they win. I think they win. I really think they take this back to Cleveland. Let's let me just pull up. Let's see what we got going on for the next two games. If uh, we have it announced, here's where the Yankees are going to get in trouble. Um, Tanaka doesn't have it. You have to go to Severino right away in this game. Mm. You can't afford to fall down by more than two runs tonight. Yeah, so guess who's going to come out for game four then? Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. And then what? You got to turn to... Uh, Sonny Gray in game five if they why get not, so far. Why not CeCe though? CeCe pitched on Friday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. He'd be on regular rest. Yeah. You'd have to go to CeCe in game five. So it would it would probably be Kluber, CeCe, game five. So you don't want to go to Sev here in this game, but... But who's your long guy then? If Tanaka's... Tanaka gives up two home runs in the first inning, you're down three nothing. No, I know. I'm not risking it any further. No, you that. have to go to Sev. You play I, you like play I, for the night. And all right. And you said we said this the other night. We love we love Montgomery, but he's not your long guy. He can't you, you need nah. guys to go out there that strike guys out. No, nah, I don't mind Montgomery come you know, pitching game four if he has to. But Sev's got to be your stopper tonight. And, you know, not for nothing, it's not going to be any easier for the Yankees tonight because Carrasco's 18-6 and six with a 3.29. So, it's <laughs> not like the Indi- numbers were that good. So, the Indians aren't throwing out. Uh, I'll tell you what. This Indians team, with their pitching, could be one of the best postseason teams we've seen since 98. And I think that's why people were saying the Indians were the most complete team because other teams have... Yankees have the offense to match. They got the bullpen to match, but starting pitching doesn't match. Starting pitching wins postseason games. And if we do get to tomorrow night, Cleveland's TBD. Yeah. <laughs> so you think that he might? I think at this point, you're not going to see Bauer or Kluber. Francona will risk it and take it back to Cleveland if he has to. Which could be dangerous because, you, again, you don't want to play that one game where everything's oh, on the line. It becomes a you know a one game wild card again. God, you so. just don't see. Here's what my issue is. I just don't know what I'm getting out of Tanaka. I think he's going to be brilliant tonight. Because and here you know you brought up Francesca. I just want to say this really quickly before we we wrap things up. Is that I was listening to him before the DS started. That somebody said that Tanaka should be the game one starter, and he threw his last start versus Toronto out the window because he said. Toronto was double parked, meaning that they were just trying to get out of there, right? Yeah. So you really don't take what he did with any type of uh, substance. <laughs> but then I heard him Friday, was it Friday? Say that Tanaka's the guy for game three because he struck out 15. <laughs> <laughs> so he was talking on both sides of the coin there. So, I mean, I think Tanaka's going to be brilliant tonight. I really do. I mean, absolutely the move was to pitch him here because his ERA is three runs less at home. I still disagree. I, I don't disagree with the numbers. Numbers are numbers. What I'm saying is I think, and we kind of said this 
Tanaka auditioned in that last game of the season. So did Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray was nowhere near what Tanaka was in that final game. Well, here's what I don't understand. Tanaka about... earned to be the game one starter. Here's what I don't understand about Tanaka's numbers. I think I gave him 35 home runs this year, but somehow pitched better at a ballpark that gives up a lot of home I runs. Know. We'll see. Uh, if uh, see, I I just don't know if you're putting if you're putting a gun to my head, I say we play tomorrow night. I think so. I really, I'm telling you, I think the Yankees win tonight. But I'm honestly not surprised either way if they go Me home. Or... And I'm not going to be devastated like I was the other night. It is what it is at this point. What did we say we needed to see out of this series? That the Competitive, Yankees, that they belong in the same field, and they did that. You didn't feel good after Thursday night. No, but, but you know. you know what? They should have been coming home 1-1. Yep. So. All right. So let's let's just put a bow on the podcast for there. Uh, I don't know. We... I don't want to... Like, we'll just say... I, the last thing I'll say is... I, Joe, you know, Joe's got a family... He's not making $25,000 a year, though. He's getting paid handsomely to manage this team, so I'm not going to feel bad for him if he gets fired or if he doesn't have a job next year. I agree. But let's just hope for a win. One game at a time. As far as NYY Sports Talk podcast goes, uh, either we'll talk to you before Game 5 because we'll have something to talk about, which you and I have to get together, and, and there's a game five. We have to record a podcast before game five. Obviously. Or we'll come to you next Sunday with our season wrap-up. Yeah. Well. I mean, uh, we love NYY Sports Talk. We love that we're doing it. We love the people that we met, and we wanted this. We wanted to have a great run into the postseason if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. But NYY Sports Talk is not going anywhere. So you don't have to worry about that. If you're a fan of us, we'll still be here. Awesome. We, we just <laughs> we just won't have anything to talk about, <laughs> but we'll be here. Um, uh. So, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Radio, SoundCloud, rate, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, you know, give them where they can buy some merch. If you go, actually go right on to nyysportstalk.com. See the tab for shop. Just click that there and you'll find some awesome postseason merchandise. Uh, DD emoji shirt that I got on right now. We're going to this thing for like five days. Now. We're going to design a what I'm calling the information shirt. Yes. We'll do that. We'll have that up before the game starts tonight. Yes. Uh, so thank you for your continued support. I mean, some of you are just batshit crazy, and we love you. And other of you are just more normal, and we love you guys just the same. Uh, we can't thank you enough for your support. Like I said, I'm blown away by how this started to where we are right now. Some of the guests we've had on the podcast. We weren't expecting to have this type of success with two months. And it might not seem like a lot or sound like a lot to everyone, but to have the people on that we had on and to have the exposure we've gotten and to have the support and the engagement from so many people, uh, it's been pretty awesome. So definitely not something we plan on stopping anytime soon. 
And we, if you thought we were good this year, now that we'll have, I really hope that we don't aren't starting the off season tonight. But once we get a full winter behind us and get a whole thing going, it's just going to be bigger and better things in 2018. But let's. Back the truck up. Hopefully, the Yankees have more games to play. Hopefully, um, when would game game five would be Wednesday if we get that far? Hopefully, you know we got a podcast Wednesday. Yeah. So, you know that's up to Joe Girardi and the boys whether or not they want to play that game five. Mm-hmm. So, they're home now. We said it a hundred times. This team should not be losing home games. They have they have as. Greater home field advantage as any team in the playoffs. So, eleven to twenty-eight. Let's make it ten. All right. So let's wrap it up there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. You know, follow us individually at uh, Christian underscore NYYST at Chris Junior underscore NYYST. <laughs> even Stack Guy Rye, even though he never shows Stack up. Stack Guy Rye. He has two follows. He has two. F- Say that again, because I was told. Stack Guy Rye underscore myys. He has two followers. One is us, the NYY Sports Talk account, and the other one's a porn spam. Because I looked at it last night. It's like, do you want to f- me? <laughs> and then it's just a girl with her ass. So, I guess that's what he's been up to since he since he hasn't been around. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, that's where we are. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, watch the Giants go to 0-5 and then, uh. Sounds perfect. I'm a Giants fan, so I, and Chris isn't, so that's why he wants them to go to 0-5 and I just think they are just sucked right now, so. <laughs> uh, but let's get, speaking of five, let's get to game five. Let's and then do it. Let's just get to game five. All right. Uh, that's it for me. Chris, say goodbye. Peace!